Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Kafaru Cast. I'm riding solo today. Uh, my partner in crime, Frank the Tank, is doing paperwork. So, uh, but I've got uh, two special guests on. Uh, of course, all guests are special, but these guys are super cool. I've I've worked with them oh for the last few months since I started shooting uh, recurve bows, and that's Toby and Roger from Black Widow Bows. So I appreciate you guys coming on. How you doing? Doing great, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're, no, we're, no problem. we're glad to be here. Cool. Well, out of the gate, which one of you two talks more out of curiosity? Because usually you got oh. one guy that won't shut up and the other guy that won't talk at all. So are you guys neck and neck or? Oh, Roger just gabs. I, you know, <laughs> we'll check the cell phone bill and see who talks the <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not fair because a lot of that to Toby is to me, and I call him too much. So that's what I keep telling him, I said, it's not my fault. I have more friends than you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so how long? Uh, how long has Black Widow been in business? How long have you guys? You guys are the owners now, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know how long? How long ago did you guys take over? Uh, you know, t- tell us a little bit about the business and yourselves and what parts you've had in it. Well, we we took over in uh, uh, Ken, Ken approached us, I think, in two thousand five, um, and uh, might have been in four, four or five. He approached us, uh, wanted to kind of turn it over. Ken was well at that time. He was, uh, you know, in around seventy, I guess, and and just kind of ready to to turn it over and approached us with it. Me and Roger and John and. Uh, Man, just just offered it up, kind of a, a no-brainer deal. The way he offered it up, he uh, carried the note and everything, so really no risk involved, and and uh, so we jumped on, and it's you know we're I think we started it in '05, so we're in about our 12th, 13th year now, and and it, it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's been great. No, that's yeah, we good. actually we had actually probably took over a year before anybody knew. So you know, it, nothing really changed when uh, Ken sold it to us. It just kind of went right on like it was always been running. So gotcha. And then, how long has Black Widow been in business since the fifties? Yep, the Wilson brothers started it in nineteen fifty-seven, and uh, then in nineteen eighty-two. Ken Beck bought it. Um, I started here in 85. When did you start? 90. In 90? Yep. 1990. So we've been here a long, long time. So. Gotcha. So if, um, I, I know like there's been just, I, I shoot a Black Widow now, a, a PSA, a 62-inch PSA, and um, in the twists and turns of, you know, learning about the bows and, you know, Googling my butt off. Um, you guys switched a few years ago over to CNCing your risers for more precision. Is that correct? And how long ago did that happen? We we purchased our first mill in 2001, uh, the summer of 2001. And uh, so we didn't really start uh, advertising, you know, CNC uh, bows until... 2003 it took about a year and a half to kind of get the kinks and wrinkles out of it and you know to where we were comfortable enough to to really start um, you know start advertising and and running bows in it um but it's been it's been a good deal it was you know it was a it was a big deal to do like i said just a lot of research and a lot of we tore up a lot of stuff in that year and a half trying to you know, work out programs and fixtures and things like that. But, but it's, uh, it's, it's definitely worked out for us. Gotcha. So, uh, you know, as a, you know, obvious, I'm a relative newcomer to the sport. I shot, you know, in 16 and then I shot again, you know, said so I shot a compound and I picked it up again this year. You know, one of the things I, I, there's two major things I knew about Black Widow. One, it seems like you guys are, are the biggest, um, traditional bow maker in the world, really, or at least it seemed like it from the outside looking in. And two is you guys have a diehard cult-like following or, People kind of hate on you, which I thought was comical because, I mean, it was – I would get 
a hundred responses of how awesome your bows is, bows are, and then I would get two or three guys that would be like, oh, they're loud, oh, they're slow, and uh, it, it was kind of um, unique because you guys, the following you guys have, and it is like a cult-like following, is it, not like I've seen with another you know, bow manufacturer, and that goes for compound or traditional. Have you guys, uh, I mean, would would you guys, I, I, I'm guessing anyway, are you guys thinking you're the largest or in the top three maybe for, for traditional bow makers? Oh, you know, we, we really don't know. Uh, we would we would assume, you know, um, up there, you know, as far as, as, far as numbers goes, um, up there toward the top, um, there, you know, there's a lot of guys, a lot of people making bows these days and a lot of people making nice really nice bows pretty bows you know so uh you know we feel pretty fortunate to to have that type of following because you're right there's there's uh there's people that'll boy they'll jump on just just as soon as they hear someone say a bad word you know they're pretty quick to to jump on and defend us and uh so it makes us feel pretty good yeah, no, I'm sure. And I mean, uh, again, I get, well, part, I'm shooting those PSA's lights out right now. Like I just shot my ass off last night at the local league. And so people have, you know, questions when I, you know, post about the, the bows or even if I just post a video of me shooting and, and being a relative, you know, newcomer, um, I'm constantly, you know, learning. The one thing I learned with, uh, you know, the Black Widows, a lot of people said they're loud, is, is people are full of shit. Um, that bow is literally one of the quietest bows I've shot. Now, I will say, you know, I did have your help as well as uh, Randy Cooling and Denny both kind of helped me out as far as tuning it, but um, I would say all bows can be loud if they're incorrectly tuned. Um, but your bow, once I got it tuned and everything set up, was was loud. I also heard from some people that they're slow. I heard from other people that were they were fast. I would say you guys are in the top tier for speed. You're not as fast as like a real curly tipped, uh, like some of the more curly tipped bows, I guess, like a, a border or something. But, you know, at, at 10 grains per pound, which is about what I shoot at a, a 29, 30 inch draw, you guys are in the 180s um, pretty consistently. Is that what you guys have found as far as one, the noise and two, the the speed? Yeah. I mean, it, it, uh, there's definitely. I mean, we've never claimed to be the fastest bow out there, never claimed to be the the, the quietest. Uh, but we've had, you know, we've heard the same thing as you. Uh, my call, you know, the bows bows loud, making some noise, and and just like on on one of, one of your bows, you know, you said it was loud. There's usually something causing it, you know. Sometimes, you know. There are times it is the bow, but most of the time they're not tuned properly or, or there's there's just something going on. They just haven't got everything worked out just right, uh, whether it's their knocking point, brace height, the right arrow. There's a lot of things that, that can make a bow uh, noisy. And just like, you know, what you discovered that your, your clicker was just in a you know, just needed to adjust it a little bit, made all the difference in the world. Um, so, you know, and it's tough sometimes over the phone trying to, you know, because guys will call me, I can't get this noise out. Well, you, you just kind of got to go through the process of elimination. Uh, where's your knocking point? What arrow are you shooting? Um, things like that. And, and nine times out of 10, you can, you can get it corrected. Yeah, definitely. And in my case, I had the one bow that was just shooting lights out and then the other bow was shooting decent, but I was getting some, uh, knock high and low, uh, well, knock high tearing. And, and it was weird cause I, I finally gave up and had to just eat, you know, suck it up and call you. And I'm like, man, I can't get the knock high out of this. And it was funny because I took the bow apart and I took the clicker off and I hadn't shot without a clicker in a while. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to fling a few arrows through this thing without the clicker. And, uh, you know, it's funny. Amy was behind me watching them and it just was draining them at 40 yards. No knock high. I'm like, well, what the freak? And uh, it ended up being one clicker was like a pound and a half pressure. The other clicker was four plus pounds and the positioning of where I had the clicker on the limbs was a little bit different. It wasn't a ton. It was maybe an inch different. And between those two things, 
that did it. Um, whether it was the clicker, the placement of the clicker, or that extra pressure to get it to go off made me maybe come down a little bit more, you know, given downward pressure on the on the string. But once we changed it, it was golden. And uh, obviously, I didn't send the bow back, and I didn't want to anyway, so it was perfect. But uh, <laughs> you guys, the other thing I would say, not to pump your tires too much, you guys have your crap together. Like I ordered a Pelican case, bows fit in there perfectly, that foam's laser cut. You guys offer an entire line from cases to broadheads, uh, I mean everything, back quivers. I've got a, I guess that's a Safari Tough back quiver, that thing I wear all the time. You guys offer pretty much everything needed, don't you, from now your shop right there. And you're in, is it Nixia, Missouri? It's Nixa, N-I-X-A. See, that's what happens when you have a guy from the a, a Westie try to pronounce it. Um, <laughs> You're the home of Jason Bourne. <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't even. Man, you need to fly that flag. You you need to get, you need to get little miles on that and get some kind of a Jason Bourne and and Photoshop a bow in his hand. Um, <laughs> but that's good. Idea. <laughs> how many? Uh, one. How many people? Just out of curiosity, are in Nixa? Or did I say it right that time? Yeah. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's not a small town. It's a fairly, fairly good sized town. You know, and I, um, I think there's about a hundred thousand in there, something like that. We've got good food. That's all that matters. <laughs> Man, I I can tell you from going down to Alabama, if it's anything like that, I'd be fat and happy. Um, there's a lot of deep fried food in Alabama. You guys have the same problem there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's plenty to eat. Oh, I, I bet. But but you guys in your shop right there, you offer pretty much anything needed all the way from top to bottom, don't you? We do. We try to try to, you know, for sure keep the the basics that people need, you know, your quivers, your cases, your broadheads and arrows and and stuff and and uh, and we're all the time, you know, tr- you know, we we want to add new stuff and and uh, you know, things that are that are not selling, you know as much kind of phased out of those and bring on new stuff uh but as far as the basics you know uh, gloves and tabs and everything you need to sh- you know to go out and either shoot or hunt i mean we, d- we don't carry any camouflage but really anything else uh that you would need uh we, we try to provide Gotcha. Do you guys see anything, you got any changes that are going on in the future? Are you guys going to kind of just stay where you're at and, and just trying to keep up with orders? It sounds like you guys are pretty dang busy right now anyway. Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we're, we need to come up with a, with another model. Um, you know, we're throwing some things around and, and, and just, just experimenting. And it's one of those things, you, you know, if you build a, build a new bow, it needs to be, at least as good as the one you're building, if not better. And uh, and we've we've definitely played with some other models and stuff. Some of them, some of them, you know, might see a, might see a place for it, and others, right off the bat, you know, you tell it it's just not going to work. And, uh, but we're we're constantly kind of you know looking for new things and and things you know to add and just like our laser overlays and, and, and things like that, snake skins uh, that we've brought on since since we purchased, you know, the business from Ken Beck, uh, just add-ons, you know, that we've tried to tried to put with the bow to kind of entice people and stuff. Right, yeah, no, it's, it's cool. I've got the uh, mule deer and elk on the one bow for, I guess that's, I'm still not down with the terminology, and I know nothing about wood, Um at least as far as like people start listing off the different woods they have on their bows and you might as well be talking to a post because the only thing I knew was Miles posted up a black and white ebony veneer the other day and I didn't know other than I wanted that veneer that's about all I knew but you guys offer what 20 different options or so what are your standard options you guys offer four or five standards and then a bunch of exotics right yeah and a lot of it depends on the exotics we have at the time some of them kind of come and go get you know get in some um some wood and sometimes there's a big supply of it sometimes it might just be a few boards um but you know really the sky's the limit as far as woods go i mean there's definitely some that we try to discourage people from some that you know just um 
I don't know, not as far as looks, but some of them structurally uh, aren't as good as the others. Just like this vaulted maple makes a great limb veneer. Uh, it's a beautiful bow, but there's something we can't make a handle out of it. You can't make a riser out of, you know, spalted maples, basically uh, a piece of rotten wood that, that's really pretty, but it's structurally, it's, it, it, it just won't work in the riser, but... Well, send that uh, to the people I'm competing against. Out of make sure their risers made out of that. <laughs> we can do it, Rand, Randy and Denny, especially. You can make one out of iron, and Randy can tear it up. Yeah, it seems like um, if you know what I can't say that because then we'll have to edit it out. Uh, I'll leave that comment away. But yeah, Randy is. Uh, uh, and then we're talking about Randy cooling. And I talk actually, I was talking to Randy this morning. I talk to Randy about every day. Uh, I told him I was shooting a 575 grain arrow, and he asked me why I was shooting such a heavy arrow, and I thought he was kidding, but he wasn't shitting. Uh, he was serious. Yeah, he shoot, <laughs> he's basically dry fires your bow. I, yeah, he was telling me once he was shooting 70 pounds with a 460 grain arrow. Does that sound right? Oh, yeah. makes me. Uh, I can't <laughs> believe it, but he does. <laughs> he does, and, and it's you know it, it's worked for him. Um, uh, you know, Randy does a lot of shooting too, and a lot of a lot of hunting, and and uh, and we joke about you know Randy tearing one up. Randy goes on some pretty intense hunts, you know, up doll sheep hunting, and he'll send his bow back, you know, after one of those hunts, and and I, I wonder if he packed his bow or tied a rope to it and drug it behind him as he was while he was hunting, but uh, uh, he definitely. Uh, He's kind of a testimony to the, t- to the toughness of a bow because he puts it through the test, no doubt about it. Yeah, he's told me he used it for a walking stick and chunked it off cliffs because he couldn't climb down and, you know, all <laughs> kinds of stuff. He, uh, yeah. And, you know, like obviously Randy and Denny have been shooting uh, traditional archery for a, a super long time. Um, you know, they made the, the Masters of the Bear Bow videos, which you guys are a big part of as well. But have you guys noticed um, – like an uptick or an upswing in uh you know traditional archery in the last couple of years or has it been pretty busy for you guys the whole time i mean i know on social media you know you you can't uh you know flip a page without seeing somebody shooting a traditional bow now from what i see but have you guys seen it yeah i think so i mean i i think like like he said just all the way around everybody has seen an increase and in a rise in in traditional and stuff um, as much as anything, the, the overseas has really grown, you know, over the last four to five years. Um, so, so that's helped. And, and I have to talk to other bowyers and, and, and companies that are seeing the same thing. You know, getting a lot of, a lot of interest, uh, you know, from from Europe and China and things like that. So, uh, so I don't think just just here in the U.S., but but worldwide, worldwide, really, it's it's really a it's it's strong. It's because of Hawkeye and Katniss is probably what it is. I, what is it, Katniss Everdeen, the girl on fire, and then Hawkeye on the Avengers? That's probably <laughs> yeah. what that's yep. probably what did it. Yep. So are you um with uh I mean who who hunts more, Roger or you, Toby? Oh, I probably uh I probably call in here more during those first weeks in November and. Seems like his cows always get out the first part of November for some reason. He has to go go find them somewhere. Oh, you know, I'm probably way worse to come in late. Uh, come in late in the fall than the rest of them are. But and, uh, they usually know where I'm at when I when I don't show up when I'm supposed to be here. But uh, but we go. You know, Rob, we do that uh, the bear hunt in in northern Maine with. Uh, with uh, Squaw Pan Mountain Outfitters up there, kind of do a, a Black Widow bear hunt. Uh, that's really been a lot of fun, and, and uh, me and Roger usually try to get up there and, and uh, spend a week with, um, you know, it'd be a dozen or so traditional guys, which is a lot of fun. Uh, usually try to get out your way in the fall and, and go elk hunting every year, or every year we get drawn anyway. Um you know, we get out while we can, and and uh, we definitely enjoy hunting as well as making them and shooting them. So, kind of 
kind of part of it. Which bows do you guys prefer? What do you guys shoot? I mean, I know like I run a backpack company, so I got all of them at the house, but I usually pick one or two above and beyond the others. Is it the same for you guys or you guys shoot them all? Uh, we've kind of got our own, you know, definitely got our personal favorites. I, I'm either the long bow or that the PSR, which is the recurve with the long bow riser. Uh, those are my bows of choice. And, and, uh, I still shoot the prototype PCH. (laughs) I've got got several other ones, but when it comes time to go to the tree stand, I always just get the old bow. You know, it's, it's been pretty dependable so far. So. Gotcha. Do you guys have pretty good whitetail hunting in your local area there? It's not too bad. Um, the further North we're in the Southern part of Missouri and, uh, as a whole, there's no agriculture and stuff. So you're basically just hunting oak flats and, and fence lines, fence rows and things like that. So as you get into northern Missouri, there's definitely a, a lot of agriculture and uh, cropland and stuff like that. And uh, so the hunting does get a little better the further north you go. But there's enough deer uh, deer out to, you know, to get you up in the morning and make you get out. But... Um, yeah, so it's pretty good hunting. That's good. You guys get anything last year? Uh, I, ki- I killed just a just an average eight pointer uh, here. I, I killed a doe as well, but just an average eight pointer last fall. I was pretty much blanked. Didn't even see a bear this year or last year. So gotcha. maybe he'll just be bigger this year. Yeah, that's a good way to that's a good way to look at it. Sp- <laughs> speaking of bears, that was the first uh, four legged animal I shot with. The old PSA. I ended up emptying the quiver on it, um, so it wasn't the most glorious of stories. Um, it's there, <laughs> yeah, but, but I got it. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, I uh, one of the things. I mean, we got people ask me a lot about is traveling, and, and for that bear hunt, I went to uh, to Canada, so I had to fly up there. And customs is always a pain, but uh, one of the things that uh, was was handy was that case I had brought up, which is something I need to bring up more often. Uh, I don't know what the number is. It's a Pelican case, but I'm able to fit uh, two sets of limbs and two risers in there. It actually only has one cutout for the specific riser, but there's another pocket in there for a quiver that a secondary riser will fit into. And then I can actually, I think I got two dozen arrows and broadheads in that thing as well, along with all my strings and uh, you know, stuff like that for traveling, it's been huge. And that thing looks like it can get dropped out of an airplane, that, that Pelican case, which was huge for me. Cause I actually took the case and put it in a giant duffel. And then I, I actually stuffed clothing all the way around it. So I didn't check the case by itself. I was able to put quite a bit of stuff in the duffel with it. But, um, on that, um, kind of on that note or whatever with, um, you know, traveling, I'm using a three piece PSA, but uh, did you guys, when you did started doing those, you know, Pelican cases, do you guys use those for traveling? Or what do you suggest to guys, I guess, if they're going to be traveling a lot with a recurve, what to use for for uh, for storage, I guess, on the airplane? Uh, if, if, if you're getting on an airplane, there's no doubt that Pelican case is hands down the, the best thing we've got. And it, it, it's one of those deals, it's, it's not a cheap case, but... But your bow is going to be in – if something's wrong with your bow, then, I mean, the plane ran over it or something because it, it is a tough case. And uh, and the only time I went on um, the hunt that I flew to, then I, and I did, I had my longbow, and I put two takedown longbows in that Pelican case. Uh, but as far as, you know, if I go to Colorado or something, I normally just, just put it in a, in a soft case. Uh, but – for, for traveling an airplane, that Pelican case is definitely the way to go. Gotcha. So when you guys um, like took this, uh, took over Black Widow. Now I I just found out recently, uh, Miles, your son Toby, uh, is a bullfighter, which is crazy because he doesn't seem like he'd say shit if he had a mouth full of it, but he obviously has balls of steel. Um, but you were also a bullfighter. Is that correct? I know I look smarter than that, but I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, um, you're obviously uh, a bit more humble than you should be. You got to uh, tell the story. How long did you do it? And then, uh, you know, what else did you do before you bought Black Widow? Same with you, Roger. What were, were you doing? Or were you guys just working for Black Widow? And, and how much of a, was it like a, a full on crap your pants commitment when you guys took it over? Or was it something you felt confident in? Well, uh, I'm, I'm an old team roper. There's no, uh, Toby was a, a bulldogger. I didn't see any need to get off a perfectly good horse and try to jump on the steer when I could rope him, you know. So I've done that in high school and college and, and still do it. You, do, you can team rope and be old and fat. So that's kind of where I'm at today. But uh, it uh, when Ken wanted to sell the company to us, it was pretty much a no-brainer. Uh, you know, we didn't have anything to lose. I, like I say, I started here in 1985. Um, I was going to work here six months till I found a, a better job, and I'm still here today. So uh, it, it's a, a pretty good company. We're uh, we're very fortunate to be able to uh, to do what we like to do. There's not really been any days where you wake up and say, I don't want to go to work, you know, so. Gotcha. Well, what about Toby? What about you? Well, yeah, same deal. Um, you know, as far as the, the rodeo goes, we, I didn't really grow up doing it. Uh, my dad done it and, um, kind of got started, uh, you know, early twenties. Uh, but all of me, Roger and John all, uh, I'm sure Ken, wanted to smack us upside the head because <laughs> we'd done a lot of rodeo when we first went to work for Ken and uh, come in dragging a lot on the on a few mornings because we were out late but Ken was very understanding and and uh, and you know we enjoyed doing it all three of us and and still still play with it now and like you said our uh, John's got uh, got kids that are rodeoing and and uh, Miles is doing it as well and and uh, so it's 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 just been a part of this rodeo's always been kind of a part of Black Widow uh, since we've been here, and uh, we all all really enjoy it. Gotcha. How uh, how um, as far as the has the business grown significantly since you got it from Ken? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 definitely grown as, and uh, you know we we've added things since uh we just kind of got into exotic woods um uh when when ken was was kind of phasing out uh, and we had to i mean the competition competition stiff and and like like i said earlier guys are building such beautiful bows and um just a lot of them and it just forced us to you know, to to experiment, use new things, and and uh, get into exotic woods and snakeskins and and things like that, and and they they've really just become extremely popular. In fact, we we sell way more of the uh, exotic woods than than we do the others, like the gray barks and autumn oaks. And and I'm honest with people. I tell them, you know, this exotic bows, uh, you know, it costs two hundred dollars more. It probably doesn't shoot two dollars better, but but they're pretty. They're beautiful woods. Uh, uh, got a guy down the road, uh, Mike Pye at the Rosewood shop. Uh, he he gives he, he comes up some really really great woods and um, you know cuts them up for us and stuff. So he's been a big part of it as well. But yeah, we continue to you know uh, see a see a rise in interest and stuff. We're trying to reach and Miles is helping us with this a lot. Um, we've kind of noticed our following is, you know, as a whole, an older crowd. No. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, you know, we try to try to reach uh, some of the younger people and stuff. And and since uh, Miles has come on, he definitely uh, kind of jumped on and took that role. And and with Instagram and yeah, our social media skills aren't real good, are they? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, so so Miles is helping out a lot with that, you know, with the social media part and stuff. So hopefully, uh, start getting in some of this younger crowd and stuff. Yeah, no, my, I like your kid, man. He's funny. I've talked to him about the social media stuff off and on, and 
and uh, you know everything else. And you know, on a on a marketing standpoint, um, you know, I will obviously this is um, from a from a complete greenhorns perspective coming into it. I was, um, <clears throat> I mean, I was flat out amazed at the. Uh, this is going to sound horrible, but how antiquated the marketing was for the traditional. Uh, community the or the traditional side and and I can understand it you know you you've you've had success with a certain type of marketing and um you know when you don't I mean the old dog new tricks thing or or whatever um you know looking at how you know marketing works for for example um I mean I don't know you saw Miles probably did I I had a video of me just flinging an arrow over the top of my truck into the side of the bank in my front yard. And that video, you know, I'd have to look, but I think it's been watched 200,000 times in the last week. Um, now, that's not to say, you know, what percentage of those people even buy a Black Widow bow. Who who knows, right? But um, mm-hmm. the, the idea being, let's say you take a, a, the readership of – I don't know, uh, some traditional bow hunting magazine is, is five or 10,000. Um, and you're paying a significant amount for those, those ads, uh, not to say that those ads that don't, don't work, but the, the, the social media aspect side of things definitely changed the game and in marketing and, uh, the people that haven't picked that up or the, the traditional archery companies that haven't tried to start to take the swing into that are definitely going to be hurting in my opinion more than the ones that have just for the simple fact one it's basically free um unless you you know you boost posts but if you're not into that type of thing i mean that'd be like me popping in to do heart surgery i don't know what the hell i'm doing i'm only going to cause problems and it's not going to work out or probably help so yeah having miles is definitely nice i mean my daughter just turned 17 and i think she knows much even though it's my job to do marketing and social media she probably knows more than i do just because she's a kid and messing around with it um have you guys you guys have noticed like a difference with with miles kind of helping out with that and and kind of getting into the swing of things on social media yeah i think so because you know a lot of people are even uh, with his what's instagram i guess you know he's getting a lot of just private messages you know people asking a lot of questions um and things straight straight to him uh through those accounts so so i you know i really think it is and, and we get a lot of a lot of feedback when he puts pictures of of the woods and and things just like those black and white ebony veneers we came up with the other day um you know miles put them out on instagram and facebook and man within literally within a couple of days uh probably half of those were spoken for so i know so, once yeah, once that was it's it's, uh, it's definitely a worthwhile thing um your social media stuff so we're, we're glad to have him because he enjoys it, number one, and, and, and number two, he's probably the only one here smart enough to do it. So, <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of veneers on social media, how is my bow coming? Actually, what are you guys, what what was it we ended up settling on? Uh, kind of go over like the build of that, you know, that bow with the, the black and white ebony veneers. What, because you knew I, I kind of wanted some, uh, you know, phenolic in the riser and beef it up a little bit. But what did you guys end up doing on that bow just so the listeners can kind of kind of hear the final result? You got a bow on order? I know, right? I told Toby, I said, I'm trying not to be like Denny and Randy and order more bows than I need, but I, I screwed that up. Randy said he almost ordered a set too, so I didn't feel bad when he saw them veneers. <laughs> well, just kind of the way that... You know, when we put veneers and stuff out there, we try to, you know, either number them or, or letter them or something. And if someone calls, you know, just like you did, uh, man, this, this certain set here, I think i got to have them. We'll take them, you know, take them off the Internet and things like that and put your name to them and just, you know, kind of set all those aside that people have actually spoken for. And... You know, then when when your name comes up on on the glue list and stuff, we try to have your handle. Like you said, you ordered uh, some custom some customizing on your handle. You put some extra phenolic in it for for strength and weight. Uh, and there are people like that. You know, we we've, we've built solid glass risers before. Uh, pretty not for strength, but people just like the, the mass weight. 
uh, of a heavy heavy riser and bow, and that that's a that's a good way of doing it. Uh, so we'll try to have your riser done, and we're, we're working on on your riser, in fact, right now, and and that way when the limbs come through and and we get those glued up uh, and they're ready for a riser. You know, ideally, the riser's sitting back there ready to go, and then we just put them with the limbs and, and, and finish them out, you know, as a whole. Um, but, you know, customizing is a big thing. You know, a lot of guys like their own special touch, and, and we've got a lot of ways uh, to do that. We've, we're building more and more bows right now without the red in it, and red's kind of always been the kind of a traditional black widow look you know when you when you saw a bow had that red stripe through it um, people just kind of knew it was a black widow uh, but we understand that you know people want them different uh, so we're building you know with without the red uh, maybe some more white and even some of them we've got one coming through right now that wanted all the black to be red so it's got a, it's got a lot of red in it and each one is unique in its own way and it kind of gives the guy a chance to to build a bow that, you know, maybe he's the only one that's, that's got one just like that, you know, so it, it's kind of a neat deal. Gotcha. What did you end up doing on that? Uh, the one that I ordered for the uh, special flare, like we did, you and I had talked and I said, we'll just make it look super cool with some phenolic in it. What it's uh black and white ebony veneers. What'd you do on the riser? If you well, remember, <laughs> Yeah, we're just adding adding some more phenolic to it, which is which is all black, and which the black actually looks really good with black and white ebony. So it's not one of those deals that was out of the ordinary because it's all going to match up and look really good. Uh, so basically, I took about half of the wood that's in the riser and replaced it with either black fiberglass or black phenolic, um, but then it kind of just be outlined and trimmed out with the black and white ebony, which will help it flow with the limbs and things like that. Uh, all in all, it, it'll be pretty sharp. And then we did, uh, for the laser, in laser, whatever those are called, we did spiders, didn't we? I think so, yep, yep. Gotcha. And and so people, because I didn't understand quite even what the hell that meant when I first started, you guys can, it's basically custom engraving on the top and bottom limbs where they could do anything from a turkey or a bear a riding elk, moose, uh, you know, things like that, um, right by the limb bolt. Um, I've got one that's got white tails on it, and then I got another one that's got a mule deer and a and an elk on it. Do would you say most of your bows get that laser engraving going out the door to kind of add some flare in it, or fifty fifty, or how's that end up shaking out? Um, it, uh, not uh, not as many as you think. I'm going to say thirty forty percent of them uh, get those. And we can do anything you want. I mean, we we've got some pictures on our website and in our catalog that kind of show some of the laser engravings that we do. But really, the sky's the limit on the on the engraving, also, because we, you know, if you've got a, a lot of guys have a, you know, their own Bible verse that they like, or or a, you know, a quote or things like that, or even pictures. Uh, you know, we've done custom pictures of their own their own stuff that we can actually uh, convert over to where we can laser it and, and it looks really good and that's another way they can just kind of customize and and personalize their own bow you know with their own laser engraving so those are also things we can do gotcha is there anything else as far as like i you know there's different um you know obvious string materials i know a lot of you know everybody endless loop or continuous loop, whatever the hell they call it, and then Flemish, and then like D97. I mean, you guys send yours out, your factory strings. Is that with uh, D97, or what do you guys send out with the factory strings? Yeah, they go out with the, the D97s. So, uh, But you can shoot about any string on there that, that you would want these days, as long as you're shooting a good heavy arrow like you do. So, Not like Randy. When you listen, yeah, Randy, like Randy. Randy, don't be like Randy. Randy's bad. Um, do you guys, is that what you guys have found that works best out of those bows? Have you found any like much like different string materials makes much difference? Oh, there are some, and this is a, a big debate 
on some of the social media sites, you know, whether, you know, this string's quieter than that string. But uh, we found overall that the D97 works generally good for about everybody. Now then, you know, there's some people that, you know, a skinny string will make their bow fly a little faster, they think, and things like that. And that's all good and well. But, you know, in general, we try to hit the that middle of the road Gotcha. Yeah, I tried a, a pile of different strings just screwing around, um, you know, from, I don't know if I can't remember, they, what they called endless loop or continuous loop. I guess that's the same thing. Um, and and Flemish, I ended up settling on a, a Flemish string, and I tried a bunch of different materials. I only tried skinny strings for about a minute and learned that I thought that was a very, very poor idea um, in my very small pea-brained mind it just didn't make sense to me and uh the amount of speed you you could gain which was extremely minimal um when i say minimal like maybe three to five feet per second uh from what i had seen um it it wasn't worth it i don't really understand why anybody i mean you guys may disagree i skinny thing i thought they were stupid um it just didn't make sense to me but uh you know, overall, um, I didn't notice a ton of different difference from one string material to to another. One thing I did notice on all, especially the super curly tip bows, but on all of them, padding up where the string hits the limb a little bit, that did take some noise down. But other than that, I didn't notice a ton of of difference. Now, you guys have like a kind of a custom, like a spider basically that that attaches to your strings for your for your string silencer. Um, that comes with the bows, and is that correct? Yeah, yeah. And that, how, yeah, are, have those been pretty good luck for you? Do they last quite a while? I know I've had questions about them, and I only screwed around with them for a little bit because I like to be different. I didn't want spiders on my string, uh, <laughs> so I didn't end up doing it. But my my fiance took them and glued them on her water bottle. If you can believe that shit, <laughs> um, she liked them. She's a spider person. So anyway, have those things last quite a while? And you guys found those work real well compared compared to whatever, like the puff balls and the the like the stretchy string things, cat whisker deals. They do, they do. And do they, do they work any better? No, uh, but they, you know they work as well as any of them. Uh, a good thing about them is they're not going to collect water if you're in the rain or. Um, the beggar's lice and stuff that you get walking through the woods in the fall are not going to bother it but as much as anything they're just cool looking they are cool looking yeah (laughs) (laughs) like I said Amy stole them from me uh, when I got them and uh, she glued them on her water bottle and then I had to order an extra set of those antler spider like your limb bolts uh, cause she wanted them cause she thought they were so cool. Cause what I ended up doing with, with my PSAs, I took, uh, the standard, you know, uh, Allen head limb bolt and, uh, and I ordered their, uh, their basically antler bases from whitetails and it's got a, you know, black widow spider on it. One, it looks cool and it makes me feel tougher, which is important. But two, it makes it easier to pull the damn bow apart when I'm traveling cause I don't need an Allen wrench. Um, now, I did it ask, and I didn't know, are those things from actual, are those cast or whatever they call it, or is that from, are those from actual deer? They're, they're actual horns, uh, and a lot of them are actually come from, uh, they're stag horns, aren't they? Yeah, from Montana. Yeah, a guy's got a, <clears throat> some place where he gets a bunch of red stag bases, and we found them to work really good because they're really uniform and and um you know easy to match up so yeah they work really good gotcha what are those like we're making them though what's that they stink yeah i mean you stink up the entire building when you go sanding on them and and stuff that that bone i don't know if you ever ground on any deer horn oh hell yeah it smells like you're at the dentist time 10 it's horrible it is have you what are those things 80 bucks i think is what i pay 89 maybe is that right i think they're 86 dollars yeah, yeah. Do you get quite a few people that order those? I suggest them like crazy just because I hate packing Allen wrenches around, but you guys sell quite a bit of them? We sell a fair number of them, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're like, and like I said, just, they're really, they're really neat to look at and, and they are convenient. You know, if you don't have an Allen wrench or something, you just 
take it off, you know. Because a lot of guys do get caught, things like that, uh, whether they're going or coming, you know, they get ready to either take it apart or, or put it together and look around, and it's pretty easy to lose that little that little Allen wrench. But, you know, these antler bolts, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, well, for sure. What, um, as far as, uh, you know, like suggestions for guys that are kind of getting – yeah, uh, you know, looking into getting into traditional archery, um, I, I obviously have been lucky. I had the guys down the road at, at Rocky Mountain, and then I, you know, Randy and Denny, and and uh, well, several others. My buddy down in Alabama, my buddy up in BC, all these different trad guys giving me advice. But what I get, and I'm a greenie anyway, I get a ton of questions on social media. Um, you know, guys looking at getting into a bow. Um, I mean, I generally give them one of the advices, don't overbow yourself out of the gate, which a lot of people seem to do. Obviously, get your draw length correct and, and try and see a coach if you can to get good form. But um, I'd say the number one problem I see guys is shooting too many pounds, um, too much poundage more than they could handle. But what advice – I'm sure you guys get a hell of a lot more phone calls than I do. What advice do you guys generally give for people starting out? And then as far as like uh, – the size to bow length ratio for for me i know i kind of suggest 29 inches and above a 62 inch bow to 64 uh, things like that but um what's some of the advice you guys give i mean you're pretty much spot on i mean that's that's the biggest thing for us the guy starting out the worst thing he can do is get a bow that's that's too heavy for him because he's not going to enjoy it he's not going to be able to shoot it well and He's probably going to set it down and and go on to something else, you know, whether it's his compound or whatever it may be. Um, so that that's the best advice right there. Don't overbow yourself because honestly, it doesn't take a lot of weight, you know, especially hunting bear and whitetail and things, you know, your common stuff. Um, I mean, last year I hunted with 45 pounds and shot two deer and shot through both of them it's all about shot placement and and i can shoot 45 pounds a whole lot a whole lot better than i can shoot 60 pounds if i can shoot 60 pounds as good as i could 45 i'd shoot 60 uh, but but it's just really not necessary it's um it's man, it's not how hard you hit them it's where you hit them so that's really the best advice and, and then like you said on the link we try to uh, depending on a guy's draw length and how far he's drawing, it uh, kind of determines on how long the bow and and model and stuff like that. But but yeah, we that's and and we always recommend we have a demo program uh, that we send out anywhere in the U.S. We if you know kind of what you're wanting to draw and what model and what kind of weight you're looking at, we've probably got a bow that's going to be fairly close that we can send you, let you shoot it for uh, a week or two and at least get a feel before you, you know, it's, it's a pretty big commitment. You know, it's, it's a fair, it's a fair chunk of change, you know, to, to throw at a bow that maybe you've never even shot, you know, you've just heard about them and never shot them. So it gives you an opportunity to, to, to test drive it, shoot it, see what you think. And you might instantly, man, this, this thing's way too heavy or maybe too light. So it's it's a good idea if if you are new to it and haven't shot many bows, uh, we can thanks sure send you one, and let you shoot it a few days. Gotcha. Yeah, and you guys, I know in my case, for example, um, uh, in sixteen, I had ordered a bow from you guys, and and I didn't shoot it overly well. Uh, of course, I didn't know what I was doing that much at the time, but it was the grip was a big part of it because I'm in love with the low wrist which is what you guys sent me this time but um i think the first time i ordered that asbel grip which i know a lot of people like but you know coming from shooting a, a compound um if you had to guess um or if i was what i try to tell people most guys shooting a compound are going to like a little bit narrower a little bit more low wrist grip and that asbel grip has a little bit of swell to it which i do know a lot of people like it's just for me shooting a real skinny compound low wrist grip that low wrist grip you guys make was was money for me and a lot of it too is i actually a little bit know a little bit more what i'm doing now but even like the the grip made a difference on on uh, on my side of things uh the other thing too um 
which I at first kind of threw me through a ringer, but I got used to, and I actually prefer as you guys are cut inside a center a decent bit, which means you take a stiffer arrow, but for me it's easier to tune uh, being able to take a stiffer arrow um, and the way that I want my point on at 40 and the amount of weight I want in my arrow um, works out a little bit better for me having it cut inside a center. Now, you guys are three sixteenths inside a center on your recurves, aren't you? Yes. And have you guys, I, I mean, overall, I, I would assume, obviously, your guys, you know, Black Widow takes a stiffer arrow compared to maybe some of the other bows that aren't cut inside a center. And, you know, for a compound guy, for people that are listening, you know, we're lazy. You just move the arrow rest. You don't tune the arrow to the bow or most companies don't or most, you know, archery shops don't because, well, you don't have to and you can get kind of lazy where you have to tune that arrow to the bow and the person. Um, and when it's cut inside a center, you can take a stiffer arrow. If it's cut outside a center, it'll take a weaker arrow. Now, in, in my case, I'm shooting 58 pounds at little over 29 inches of draw length. Um, I'm shooting a 300 spine arrow. It's about 30 and a half inches long, and I've got about three or 280-some grains up front, um, which is money for me because that puts my arrows between 280 and or 580 and 600 grains. Um but tuning-wise or whatever, do you guys have any kind of, like, words of wisdom or whatever for guys calling in cause I, or listening in? Because I know I get a ton of questions about that. Yeah, I mean, we get a lot of phone calls on, on tuning and stuff like that. We, we usually, first of all, refer them to, uh, you know, our website, and, and you can look under videos, and there is a segment on there on arrow tuning with, with Ken Beck that's very informative. Uh, but arrow tuning, it, it can be... It can be hard to do. Um, you know, it can it can be confusing, and you know, as far as you know, if you're getting knocked right or knocked left, and w- what to do to adjust that, and um, and then whether you add more tip weight or cut the arrow shorter, just so many variables in there, and it takes it's a kind of a learning curve, really, because it can be really frustrating starting out. Um, and that's usually where people are at when they call. They're frustrated and they can't can't figure this out. So we've just just through years of doing it. You know, normally the first thing we ask is what's your what's the weight of your bow and and how far are you drawing. And normally just just by doing that, knowing and especially if they sure enough know their draw and know the poundage of their bow, we can get pretty close. Uh, you know, there's still going to be some fine-tuning need done, but but we can normally get fairly close over the phone and 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 tell if you know if they tell us what error they're shooting, generally tell if they're in the ballpark or way off. So gotcha. Now, is there a specific like arrow that you guys like mo- not may- maybe model or or brand that you guys have had better luck with than others, or or kind of push people towards uh, that call into Black Widow? Well, we, we normally go. You know, as far as our carbons, and that's that's our main arrows. Uh, everyone seems to go in their carbon cell. Very few aluminums anymore. And we got out of the wood arrows uh, a few years back. Um, so we would carry Carbon Express and Gold Tip. We'll normally, right off the bat, um, kind of lean toward the Carbon Express. Seems like they're a little heavier to begin with seem like they're a little simpler to tune uh, now if a guy's shooting a lot of weight and going to need a sure enough stiff arrow then we'll normally go to the gold tip because it allows you to put a little bit of weight in the tail of the arrow to really stiffen it up if it's not already stiff enough so but we'll normally lean toward the carbon express gotcha and i've shot pretty much all of them and and everything screwing around with them. Um, I ended up I'm shooting gold tip Pierce tours uh, with uh, with uh, five inch feathers on the back end, chicken feathers, and then um, I just started shooting grizzly sticks, screwing around with those a little bit recently as well. I shot Carbon Express Blue Express Blue RZs um, when I was down in Alabama, and uh, 
they they were good arrows. They 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 seem to I'd say recover, but they they tune really easy. I do know that. I had a pile of weight up front. I think I had a hundred grain brass insert and two or two hundred fifty grains up on the front end of them as well. Um, is that what you guys are shooting out of your own bows? Is Carbon Express or or are you guys shooting a little both? I, I'm I'm shooting the Carbon Express. What are you doing? There? Carbon Express. Yeah. One fifties, and then I think there's like two hundred grains up front. Gotcha. What what about with yours? Which ones are what? What you got set up for yours, Toby? Well, I just I just finished a bow actually this last week uh, that I'm going to take on uh, on a moose hunt this fall. I'll fix his arrows for him before he goes on his moose hunt. <laughs> but I'll just I'll just have to see. It's a, it's a little more poundage than than what I normally shoot, and um, and I'll probably I'll probably start off with that Carbon Express and see how we get along. Gotcha. What uh, are you guys both going on that moose hunt? No, he didn't even invite me. Jeez, what's Toby. up with that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just just uh, just my brother and me are going, and uh, I, you know, guy needs vacation. I need a vacation from Roger as well, so <laughs> <laughs> it'll be like a vacation if you're not here. That's for sure. That's funny. How many people do you have working there at Black Widow? Working or getting a paycheck? Getting a paycheck. I got. You know what? That's funny you say that. I got the same problem. How many people are getting a paycheck from Black Widow? <laughs> I think there's eight of us. Yeah, there's eight of us. Eight of us. Yeah. You guys ever and have I, to? What's that? I'm just teasing. They we got a bunch of really good guys. They've been here for a long time. They know what they're doing, and uh, we kind of just leave them alone and let them do their thing. That's yeah, that's good. Have you are you guys gonna would you project have to get into an even bigger building at any point in time soon, uh, with the growth you're getting or or you think you guys are gonna be pretty good where you're at for a while? Well, as far as size, we've got enough square footage here, but you know, when we brought those uh when we brought the C and C's in, if when we, I'm sure when Ken built this building, if he'd have known he was going to bring a CNC in here a few years later, he would have done it a little different as well. But uh, just some rearranging. There, there's definitely some. Uh, we've got an upstairs here, so which is really a pain as we get older and our knees get sore. Uh, literally everything that comes in here, as far as accessories and things like that, all gets packed upstairs, and as we need it, go upstairs and bring it down. So. Uh, there, there's definitely we've we've discussed not so much a bigger building, but just a different structure, and uh, just make it a little easier and better accessible. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, do you guys have? Uh, we've been on almost an hour here. You guys got anything else you kind of want to news and noteworthy? You guys want to talk about it all? I don't know, man. We've covered a lot of stuff. <laughs> well, I got you out of work for for an hour. Um, <laughs> Which I don't know if that's good or bad. I'm sure this is probably you guys. It seems like spring, early summer is your busy season, isn't it? Yeah, don't worry about it. I'll just have to miss supper and work late tonight, but don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, so no. it looks like you can miss a few suppers. It'd be all right for that moose hunt. So. Well, I should have been thinking ahead because I've been pestering you guys to finish my bow. I shouldn't have interrupted you till I got it. So that's yeah, piss poor. Didn't delay it any more than a week. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, I'm shooting the gun ones I have now, really good anyway. So, how where can um, uh, people find you guys? As far as it's it's blackwidow.com, correct? Blackwidowbows.com with an S. So. com and then uh, on Instagram. Um, what's Boy, that? Now then, now he's going to ask a question. We won't know what the answer is to that one. Yeah, we'll have to get Miles in here if you're going to ask Instagram it, questions. It's uh, it's Black Widow Bows, all one word. Uh, so literally all one word, Black Widow Bows. Hop on, uh, definitely hop on their Instagram page and Facebook page and follow them. Give them, give them a follower a like on there, and then uh, obviously you guys. What's your phone number to the office for people that have questions? Four one seven. Seven two five three one one three. We're here seven to four uh, Central Time, so gotcha. we get here early. And then you're you guys are what up like six eight weeks out? Is that about your build time right now? Yeah, about around eight weeks right now. 
Okay. And uh, price-wise, you guys vary what? Between like $1,000 on up, $900 on up? What are, what are people looking at getting into a, like just an average, uh, you know, normal-priced bow without anything too crazy? Yeah, more, we're going to start around that $1,000 mark. And, and and then, you know, it's about like a new car. You can, you can pretty much spend what you want to spend, you know, as far as add-ons and wood upgrades and things like that. But um, but definitely for, you know, for a thousand dollars, you can get a, um, a really good bow. Gotcha. Cool. Well, cool guys. Well, man, I appreciate you two coming on. I know you're, you're busy and definitely, uh, I appreciate everything you guys have, have done as far as help. And I, I can't say enough of how well I shoot these bows, um, how, how good they've been to me. I, I literally have never shot as good as i have right now and and i'm shooting a, a black widow psa at 62 inches and uh, the thing's just been money for me so yeah you guys have been great i can't thank you enough and uh yeah i definitely look forward to getting you guys back on hey sounds great we've enjoyed it cool cool well have a good day you guys take it easy and uh and definitely uh, you know look forward to talking to you soon well thank you come and see us sometime i i will i gotta go visit down here where the chickens wear underwear so the hoot owls don't rape them hey we're right next door to, to Bass Pro and Brent Curry, and there's a lot of things to do here. So. I'll come down there, and I'll try and ride a bull, and you guys can make fun of me. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, cool. Take it easy. Thanks, Aaron.